Amen. Thank you. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter number 3. I mainly just want you to hear this story. I will share with you that as I've been preparing this week, I thought this would be an easy one again. I often say that. I have wrestled with this message all week long. Not necessarily because it was difficult, but because I struggled to know exactly what the Lord wanted me to share. I pray I've been listening. I pray I've been paying attention that I can share what he, I believe he's laid on my heart and that we need to hear. It's in Acts chapter number 3 and verse number 1. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with him into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. This morning we're getting ready to conclude our series on That's My Job. And we talked about how most of us have heard that song that Conway Twitty sang about that's my job when it was about a, a, a father and a son and the, the, the son would go through struggles and trials and he'd say, Dad, what am I going to do? And the dad said, well, I'll take care of you. That's my job. And it got me to thinking a lot about what our job is as Christians or, or what our jobs are as Christians. What are we supposed to be doing? What is it that God is calling every single one of us to? And we began by looking at forgiveness then we talked about faithfulness. Then we talked about love. And last week, Robbie talked about giving. And they're all things that we are expected to do as Christians. And I might go ahead and add through the power of Jesus Christ. That is not just the optional things. Like we are called to do those things. This morning we're going to look at, it's my job to share the gospel. And we often think about sharing the gospel as being the pastor's job. And it is. It is my job to stand up here and to share the gospel with you all week in and week out. Except I tell people I actually have the easiest job of sharing the gospel of anybody in the church. Because everybody here came knowing exactly what I'm going to talk about. When I get up front you go, that guy's going to tell us about Jesus for 30 whole minutes. He may even hit us up for an offering. You know that's coming. You know, you're expecting that. You came in these doors going, I'm going to be here probably for a whole hour, and we're going to hear all kinds of things about the Lord. You expected that, and yet you came ready to hear that and, and wanting to hear that. We find when we get out in the world, the world's not always ready to hear that, or they don't think they are, and they're not always wanting to hear that. So I find that I have the easiest job in sharing the gospel, except it's not just my job to share the gospel. It belongs to every single one of us as, as children of God to want to share that good news with all those around us. 
If we think about the passage that I just read, the, the writer of the book of Acts, which is most historians believe is probably Luke, he shares the story about Peter and John coming into the temple. And they're on the path and they're almost to the temple there. And they find a man that people have brought and laid there because he couldn't walk. And at that time, there wasn't any other way for him to get money. So they would lay him there, and as people would come into the temple, they would give him charity. They would give him offerings, so to speak. They would just give him some, some money so he could survive a little bit. It was kind of like doing a good deed, if you will. You know, the, somebody there in need, you would give a little money as you went by. So this guy was here waiting and seeking and looking. In the account, we see where Peter and John come by. And Peter says, I want you to look at me. And he does. He looks up at him, and no doubt he's expecting to receive an offering. He's re expecting to receive something. He's like, fix your eyes on me, sir. And the guy looks up and goes, yes, I'm getting ready to get some money. I'm getting ready to get some help. I'm getting ready to get something that I'm, I'm thinking that I need. Except, in verse number 6, Peter says something that when I think about it now, the guy was probably deflated when he first heard it. He's like, he starts off with this. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. If I was out on the side of the road looking for money and the first thing the guy said was, or one of the first things he said was, silver and gold have I none, I would have went, oh, great. I'm not going to get anything. I can imagine what was going through his mind there, but it says, Peter said, silver and gold have I none. Oftentimes we think, well, we don't have anything to get if, give if we don't have any money, and yet we're going to see that he gave him something much more valuable than money. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That was not at all what this guy was expecting, but it was what he really needed. It wasn't all what he was probably thinking he wanted, but he got something so much better than what he thought he wanted. Peter heals him through Jesus Christ. He had an experience with Christ, if you want to think of it that way. He got wonderful news from Peter through Jesus Christ here. He gives him something amazing. When I look around at our world today, it's easy to see perceived needs. I often think about people who are hungry. I often think about people who maybe need different shelter. I often think about the things that are tangible. And those things are important, even as we, as we share and, and are able to take up things for, for those that are less fortunate than us. You think, wow, what a blessing it is to help. And yet, what the world needs, what our community needs, what our county needs, are the most are things that can't be bought with silver and gold. They're the things that money cannot buy. The people in our community, the people in Boyd County, the people that God has called us to minister to need to see the love of Christ. The people in our, in our county, in our community, they need the peace that passeth all understanding. The people in our community, the people in our county, they need to learn what contentment is. You know, oftentimes in the world, and my daughter's not here this morning so I can talk about her, and maybe she won't watch this, but when she was about... 11, 12 years old, her greatest desire was to get a new iPhone that came out. And I may have the age wrong, and forgive me if I get the numbers wrong, because there's only a thousand of them. But she wanted this new iPhone 5, whatever it was. It was green. She's like, I really, really have got to have that. Dad, if I had that, it'd be the greatest thing ever. So I'm a sucker. I bought the thing. Fantastic. So excited. 
Six months later, Dad, they got this new iPhone 6. It's amazing. I need one of those. Guess what? It wasn't too long until they came out with a 7 and an 8. And somebody eventually sent her, now they already got the 10, but somebody sent her a picture. It was called the iPhone 10, which they already have now. But the phone was about this long. And it was covered in buttons and a huge screen. And we think, boy, I j if I just had that. And yet what we discover is stuff never brings happiness. Stuff never brings peace. Stuff never brings true joy. Oftentimes, though, that's what we think about, isn't it? We think about sharing the stuff of this world instead of the true treasure, if you will. The people of our community need Jesus Christ. That is what they need. They don't need to just hear a story about Jesus. They don't just need to, to, to see an act of kindness just because or, or something that makes us feel good. They need Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. They need more than just to say, well, I know who that is. They need to experience Him. Sometimes I think people are lacking in the experience and the power of Jesus Christ in their heart. It's not just enough to say, I know who He is. Well, great, a lot of people do. That's wonderful, fantastic. But do you have Him as your personal Savior? To know who He is is not the same as having Him in your heart. And what people need is Jesus Christ in their heart. They need the kind of experience with Christ that causes you to turn away from sin in the power of Jesus Christ. They need the kind of experience in their heart that brings forth the fruit of the Spirit. I was going to play this song a little bit. I thought about singing it, but not really because it's catchy. But there's a song called The Fruit of the Spirit. It's love. i got to write it down because I can never remember it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's a YouTube song you should watch, but be wary. It'll get stuck in your head, and you'll have to sing it all day long. But people need to experience that for themselves. They need to see that in us. Not just talk about it, but they need that love, that joy, that peace, that kindness, that goodness, that faithfulness, that gentleness, that self-control. They need the experience that spurs us to action for Christ. It's wonderful to make plans, but are we doing anything? I appreciate the young lady who I couldn't think of her name this morning. I told you that was the worst announcement that anybody could give, but it's not just enough to think about it and talk about it. She said, I've got to do something. I've got to go forward. I've got to, to help out in some way. We need that. We need that. I want to go forward because Christ is calling me to do something. Not somebody else. He's calling me. People need that experience in Jesus Christ. The truth is this, church. Our land needs healing from the Lord. And that's just the simplest way to say it. And yet this morning, I was reluctant to share this in the early service, and I guess I am here too. I wrote that in my notes because I didn't know what to share exactly. And part of it is because I don't have all the answers. I don't know what direction God is calling us to do. And in part, I'm a little bit nervous to share it because I don't want people to misunderstand it. People say, what in the world is that preacher talking about? I fear that oftentimes we as the church, we try to make people's lives easier instead of trying to help people find Jesus Christ and have their lives be godly. I fear that sometimes we try to make people's lives more prosperous when in fact sometimes money is just the worst thing that we can give them. It's the worst thing that we can do for them because it causes a stumbling block in their lives. It causes more trials and, and temptations that perhaps they're not ready to handle. 
Sometimes we try to do things that just make ourselves feel good. When they're not really God-called, God-inspired ways of helping that really make a difference. I'm afraid sometimes we do things that just make us feel good. Instead of striving to do what God has called us, which is to really make a difference in people's lives through the power of Jesus Christ. I'm going to sing you a song this morning. I may have sung it before, but my grandfather always asked my daughter to sing this song. And there's two verses. I'm just going to sing one because I'll be fortunate to get through that. But it's called Treasures Unseen. And oftentimes we think about the stuff of this world. We think about wanting more. We think about, well, I, I really need these things. I found that in my life, most of the things that I want, I don't really need. I just really want them. I just really want them. And yet, the Lord never promises us that if we'll follow Him, everything will always be easy. He never promises us that we'll have all the wealth of the world. He never promises us that, that we'll feel good about everything that goes on. I've had a burden this week for our church, for our congregation. I'll be honest with you, I'm hungry to see somebody get saved. I am hungry to see somebody transformed by Jesus Christ, to see their life moved in a great way. I love coming to church, but I don't just come because I like it. I come because we're here to serve an almighty God. And we're here to win people to Jesus Christ. We're here to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Not just in our I want to see this place full. But you know what? I also want to see the kingdom of God grow more. That's what's most important. We can do all kinds of things to fill a place up. And yet, are we making a difference for God? Are we sending forth Christ in the way that we ought to? But this song I wanted to share with you, it's called Treasures Unseen. My home may not look like a castle. My clothes may be lacking in style. And if you come sit at my table, a meager supply you may find. But oh, it's not what you see that makes me a king makes me a king to me I've everything all that I need all that I need treasures unseen church Christ is the true treasure that is the mission that we are called as we think about what's our job to do our job is to win people for the Lord. Our job is to live a life that's a, a shining light to those around us, that they might see Christ in us. Christian means a follower of Christ or Christ-like. If we're faithful, if we're forgiving, if we're loving, if we're giving, it opens up those opportunities for us to share the gospel that we are called to do. I want to share another passage of Scripture with you. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And this is Paul talking about the gospel in a sense. And oftentimes we can get confused about what the gospel really is. And he shares it here in almost its simplest form. Because sometimes we think about, well, sharing the gospel is hard. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I had a Sunday school teacher one time when I was a kid. He said, well, 
hard to talk to people, but I used to witness to the dog as practice talking to somebody. And I don't know if he's just pulling my leg or not, but it taught me something, that it's not always easy and yet it's needed, and he's going to do whatever it took to make that work. Whatever it took to reach out to, to get more comfortable with that, he used to practice on the dog. Now, I don't think he ever converted his dog. But he did learn a lot about sharing the gospel. He learned a lot about what to say and what to do. It's important that we not get discouraged. The message is not hard. And we don't do the work. I've shared with you all many times that when I first started preaching... I would preach a sermon and give an invitation to come to the altar and then secretly inside I would hope nobody came. And it was because I was afraid if somebody came they might ask me a question and I wouldn't know the answer. And then I was afraid maybe if somebody wanted to get saved that I would mess it up and not say the right words. And I had to learn very on, I don't save souls. Jesus Christ saves souls. He's the one that does all the work. He's the one that does the transforming. We're here to introduce people to Him, not to us, not to the preacher, not to whatever, but to Jesus Christ. Paul shares with this. He says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein, wherein ye stand. It says, By which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory that, what I, that I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Verse number 3 says, For I have delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Oh, there's the first part, isn't it? Verse number 4 says, And that He was buried and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Verse number 5 says, And that He was seen of Cephas, which is Peter, and then of the twelve. He said it wasn't just a few of us that saw Him. He goes through and tells all the people that saw this miraculous thing happen. <coughs> Excuse me, he says, and after that he was seen of above 500 brethren. So it wasn't just a couple of guys that says, let's go tell everybody we saw Jesus. There was all kinds of people seeing him that knew he was crucified, knew he was buried, and yet saw him rose again. It says, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. And I almost get the impression, he says, most of those people are still alive. You can go ask if you want to. He said, now some of them have passed away, but you can still find out that this story is true. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also, as one born out of due time. For I am least of the apostles, that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But, and I like where he puts that word there. Remember, he just shared, said, I just shared the gospel with you. And then he shares something very great. He said, I was the least of the apostles, or to be called least of the apostles, because in a sense, I was the worst of the lot. I was the biggest sinner, if you will, because I persecuted the church. I've had a lot of people tell me, or you've heard stories about people saying, well, preacher, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how bad I've been. I just try to remind people and to share this that I don't care how bad you've been. Paul said he was the worst, so you're going to have to take second place. And you know what? God was able to use Paul in an amazing way. I don't care how far, how far you think you've fallen away, Jesus Christ is still changing lives and transforming lives today. And it says this, Paul says, I was the worst of the worst, but by the grace of God... I am what I am. 
Now, he's not saying that by the grace of God I'm living the same way I used to. He's not saying by the grace of God I look the same old way and do the same old things that I used to do. He's saying by the grace of God I am a child of God now. By the grace of God I have, what do we talked about? Forgiveness, faithfulness, love, giving, sharing the gospel. By the grace of God and God's power and following God's path and in His strength I am what I am. And His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. But, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. He didn't take credit for Himself. He didn't say, I worked really hard and, and I deserve all these things. He's like, it is the power of God. Church, as we go forward to share the good news of Jesus Christ, if we go forward to share what He's done in our lives, it's not for our own glory. It's not in our own power. It's not in our own way. It's Jesus. And it's all about Him and His power and His way and His strength. Sharing the gospel as our calling, as our job, is not something that we do on our own. You know, every week I pray, Lord, I need your help. And I share with you all multiple times, and I've actually, it's, I don't know if convicted's the right word, but for the last couple of years, I used to pray, Lord, give me the words to say so people will get saved. And I didn't say it quite that way, but it was pretty close. And I decided I'm going to change the way I pray. And I began to pray, Lord, I pray that you will give people open hearts, that you will show them the love of Christ, and that you will convict them of their sin. And yet I realized that I also wanted prayers for myself to be an anointed speaker. And I appreciate the brother who prayed this morning. He's like, Lord, not the words he's got, but the words you have. I want you all to pray for me that I can say what God's called me to say. You say, well, every preacher ought to do that. Absolutely. And yet sometimes if we're not careful, we get in our own way. It's easy for us to think, well, this is what we need to share. I want to remember I want to, you all to pray for me. I want us to pray for one another that as we go out into the world, that we go in the name of Christ and in His power and His grace and His mercy. Someone once defined the gospel in the New Testament as this. It's the good news about Jesus Christ, His person, His work, and what He has accomplished on behalf of bringing God and man together. In the simplest of forms, the gospel is knowing the Jesus Christ of the Bible. Did you catch that? the Jesus Christ of the Bible as described, and accepting Him as Lord and Savior through faith. I can share that. I might not know what to say always. And I know you think, Chris, you talk all the time. I just don't believe that. There are times sometimes that people ask me things I'm at a loss for words. There are times I find myself in situations that I just don't know what to say or don't know what to do. Sometimes I just have to share what He's done for me. I just have to share how good he is. Because sometimes they don't seem to be words. I pray that you can have that opportunity and that courage. And yet, there's even more. Because I don't want us just to talk about him. I want us to help people experience him. And they tell me that every good message should call you to something. 
Like, well, that sounds like a good idea. You shouldn't just preach to people and give them a history lesson. You should preach, and when you get to the end, the, the experts say you should call people to something. What should I call you to? I thought about that this week. I was like, what am I asking people to do? As I thought about Memorial Day, I thought about the great blessing that we've all received by those that made such a great sacrifice. And I thought about how we have a great hope through Jesus Christ. And I guess what I want to ask you this morning is, I want you to be hopeful. Which sounded odd when I said that. I want you to have a great hope. If they'll go to the last verse that I had up there, it's actually 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 19. If they'll skip to that one right there. Paul shares kind of a story about how, um, not kind of a story, he shares an account of how some people didn't believe there was a resurrection. And he says, yes, there's a resurrection. If there's not, then there's a problem. That means you're still in your sins. That means you've believed in vain. And in the very end, he says this, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. We don't often share that, do we? Oftentimes when we present the gospel, we think about the here and now only, and he will transform your life here and now. But you know what else he gives you? A hope. You get a hope. This world is not all there is. The first thing I want to mention is we want to remember to share the hope that we have of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Church, this world is not our reward. Jesus Christ is our reward. He is what we are looking for. That's the real treasure right there is Jesus Christ. We need to make sure that we share that hope. We share that good news. Sometimes people think of Christianity as a list of things you can't do. Well, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't go there, you got to be good, you're expected to come to church. Yeah, there is a lot of things he calls us to do. But there's also a great hope. There's a prize at the end. There's a reward for those of us that are faithful to the end. When you think about that, I want us to share that hope more often. I want us, secondly, not to lose hope. I've often shared how when I look at some people's lives, I think, wow, how'd you get in that mess? I think, what were you thinking? I told them I like to watch, there's a show on television called The World's Dumbest Criminals. You should watch it sometime. It'll make you mad and make you laugh. And sometimes I look and go, what were you thinking? It's no wonder you got caught. And yet, I have to remember that the worst of the worst, Jesus Christ died for. Those that made the biggest mistakes, Jesus Christ died for. Those that failed in the biggest ways, Jesus Christ died for. I, as something to do, I need not to lose hope in the power of the gospel. Because if I don't have a hope and understand how, how powerful it is, how can I share that with those that have the greatest need? We need to keep our hope alive and, and remember that Jesus Christ still brings joy. Amen. He still brings peace. No matter how big it is, how big the problem is, we need to keep our, our hope and realizing that Jesus Christ still takes away grudges still takes away unforgiveness, still fixes hatred. He's still on the throne. We need to remember, keep the hope that he saves us from our sins, not in our sins, to keep doing the same old things. You know, people that had the biggest mess in their life, 
if they'll follow Christ and have him in their heart, he'll turn it around. Because he's still in, I hate to use this word, he's still in that business of transforming and changing lives. And the last thing we need to do is live out our hope in prayer, in seeking opportunities, and keeping our eyes on Jesus Christ. Keeping our eyes on Him. I want to be forgiving. I want to be faithful. I want to be loving. I want to be giving. And I want to take as many people to heaven with me as I can. The last verse we're going to read as we close is the one we've started out every sermon in this series with. And it's Matthew chapter number 5 and verse number 14 says this, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light, let your light, so shine before men. That'd be all those out there. That sounds a lot like sharing the gospel, doesn't it? That sounds a lot like living the gospel out before those around us. That sounds a lot like standing on the word of God. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And this is the key part. And glorify your Father, which is in heaven. As we get a verse of Psalm this morning, if you're here this morning and God's laid somebody on your heart, maybe you can start by praying for them. Maybe you're here this morning, somebody's on your heart, and you said, I should go by and see them. One of my best visits I ever had with somebody was somebody I didn't want to go visit. I felt like God telling me to go see them, and I was like, I'll go tomorrow, I'll go next week. And I just really didn't want to go, just to be honest with you. I just dreaded it. But I got to thinking about something, and I made what I thought was a wrong turn and ended up right at that guy's house. Guess what I did? I said, Lord, that's good enough for me. I went on in. And I went by and I had a wonderful visit. He didn't promise it'd be easy. But he said, that's your job. I'm paraphrasing there, but that's your job. Go. Go in my name. Go in my power. Go forth for Jesus Christ as he's called us to do. As we get a verse of song, if you have a need.